The Detroit Free Press presents Talkin' Lions, your audio home for all things Honolulu blue and silver. Here is your host from the Detroit Free Press, Dave Burkett. Dave Burkett here along with Carlos Menares. Uh, it's Thursday, coming to you a day early with our prediction video because young man over here has not finished his Christmas shopping yet, so I think he's got to go do it tomorrow, right? Something like that? Star Wars um, Day? I don't know. There's something going on, right? I have to buy you. The coal factory is opening early for you, Dave, so i got to go buy some several lumps of coal, really. Coal so. Han? Is yeah. that, do they make men's stuff? I don't oh, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, you're not getting any, but yeah, no. they do. Okay. Well, it's Thursday. Lions play. Uh, well, you know what? Let me backtrack. I need to apologize, first of all. Our video yesterday, the, the very end of it was cut off. I dropped some amazing nuggets of, of knowledge, so if you weren't listening live... Sorry you missed those. Don't know. They disappeared into the ether somewhere. We were we were planning on having Sean Windsor uh, you know, join us. He disappeared us. into the ether. Yes, too. exactly. He, you know, that we were going to make it up to you by having Silver Lining Sean come join us today. But uh, he bailed out really to go Christmas shopping. So uh, you're left with us two bozos. And uh, we're going to make a prediction on this, this weekend's game. Uh, done talking about the Matt Patricia, Bob Quinn dynamic for now. I'm sure we'll revisit it next week or after the season or at some point. Um, you know, looking ahead to, to everything that it means. But for now, Lions-Broncos, Sunday night, contain your excitement. I know everyone's thrilled about that game out there, right? You are. Absolutely. It's a, it's going to be a barn burner, you know, mile high, the salute, Ed McCaffrey, Johnny all the way out there. It's going to be a great game. The thing I'm most excited about is not that weed is legal there. It is that it's going to be 60 degrees. It's going to be 60 degrees no. in Denver in late December. Who would have thunk that at the beginning of the season, right? We all sort of peg that for like a weather game get ready like i don't know man you know lions are gonna have to practice in the snow and here we are the lions have been indoors this week because it's gonna be so so nice out there yeah um and i haven't been to mile high i've been to denver itself but um is it i mean the, the, how much do you make of the, the altitude is that you think the guys it's not it's over overblown i think it's uh overblown i think excuse me the uh, you know the our good friend uh, Doc Chow, who we reference sometimes, Pro Football Doc on Twitter. You know he he put something out there. Um, this might have been around the Mexico City game, uh, talking about the altitude and just you know there were people with their oxygen tanks, and he said those don't really work. It's more just like for the mind than it is anything because your capacity for oxygen. I don't know. I don't want to get into the medical thing and say something that I don't know. But he, he said, you know, that there's there's very minimal effect to that. So yeah. is it something? Yes, it absolutely is. Like training at altitude, uh, you know, living at altitude, you know, playing at altitude. I mean, there's there's something there. But look, for a 60 minute game when you, you know, it's not like you're going to be on the field running the entire 60 minutes. I mean, maybe the Lions get a few few extra subs in early, something like that to account for that altitude. Just making sure that everyone is, uh, you know, has their their breath about them. Um, yeah, I, I don't. You know, it's not certainly going to alter my prediction in any way, shape, or form. Matt Prater would warn us, wouldn't he? Matt Prater. Yeah, hopefully Matt will be in the locker room this week to talk about that return trip to Denver. I mean, I think everyone out there remembers how the Lions came upon Matt Prater, right? They were having all those field goal woes. I mean, this was after Jason Hansen retired and, and uh, God, who are – I mean, David Nate Freeze. Yeah, David Akers came in for a year or two, and they drafted Nate Freeze, and he was a bust, and they had – uh, was Kickalicious here at that time, or was yeah. that yeah, Kickalicious? Oh, yeah, Kickalicious. <laughs> Giorgio Tavecchio was here briefly. Should have won the Should've job. Won the he job. didn't. Yeah. Uh, then they brought in <laughs> Alex Henry, I think it was. Alex Henry, and yeah. So and finally, uh, Prater had served a suspension. Baronis, right? No, <laughs> they were Rod Bronis died after the Lions. Well, weren't they going? They no, they they he came in for a workout, but a the workout. Lions didn't sign him. They right, signed right. somebody else instead. 
And uh, way back, he died. He back to Tennessee. passed away um, in a car accident somewhere in Tennessee, where he's where he's from. Um, it was a bad era, to say the least, right? <laughs> completely, yeah. I mean, it was it, it was a, a super rough what four or five games there. They lost to the Bills, remember, because they couldn't make a field goal or seven games, whatever it was. I don't remember off the top of my head. But regardless, they found Matt Prater, yeah. sort of stumbled into him. Denver released him coming off the suspension, and then hey, they've been in pretty good hands ever since. I remember, I remember Henry kicked in the game in Charlotte that I, you made me go cover because your son was born. And uh, Paternity leave, I was there for you, Jack. There was so much stuff going on that game, and I remember one of the things was, it was like, they can't. It was like the third game, whenever he, he was just couldn't make a field goal, and I was like, yeah, they got to make a decision here, and yep. they did. and Yeah, but it, it, it resulted in Matt Prater, the second coming yeah. of, Nate, of uh, Jason Hansen, so it worked out. Look, I mean, in a, a league where... You know, kicking is is so poor. You know, I mean, with a lot of teams, teams have been struggling for a while to find kickers. The Lions have been extremely fortunate. You know, you go back to Eddie Murray. Um, obviously, he had a nice run as, as Lions kicker. You know, Jason Hansen for 20 years, Matt Prater here. You know, for most of this decade, it's it's been a. Uh, you know, the Lions have been one of the fortunate ones for all the the bad things that have gone on in Lions Land. You know, they've they've had Barry and they've had Kelvin and they've had some good kickers too. Kicking, they're the kicking champions of the NFL. That's what you can hang your head on. All right. So, real quick before we get to predictions, um, uh, you know, I figured since this is podcast talk too, uh, make sure you subscribe on iTunes. Um, talking Lions. That's talking what it's called. That it actually has okay. a name. Man. I have a better name. Berkside View, right? That's what we. No, you know. I'm going to leave if you say that one more time. I'm leaving. Play on words, come on. Um, but no, I, I did want to bring this up real quick before we get into the prediction because as I, when I filed this story today about the, um, the centennial class for the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the candidates for that, there are, um, I believe it's 20 players and they're going to select 10 of those. Uh, Alex Karras, one of them. And uh, uh, I, I stumbled across the, the story that you wrote, the column that you wrote a couple years ago just saying the Lions, you know, he, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I know obviously you talked to Ted Karras when he was here too. But um, I don't know, uh, maybe I'll call this list up as you're talking, but but maybe you can explain a little bit about why um, Alex Karras deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, and for those who don't know out there, this is the centennial class. There's a, sort of a special committee that, that picked the finalists, and then they're going to whittle this list down. They, they are going to pick the 15 members. It's 10 players. I think it's three contributors and two coaches. They're going to vote on that, and there's certain to be some, um, I don't know, some, some – Art Modell is one of the candidates. Paul Tagliabue, one of the candidates. Uh, if either one of those guys appears on the finalist ballot – uh, I think you'll have a lot of unhappy people um, in the NFL. Tagliabue has already been voted down four times when he's come up in there. Um, he it's played a way a role that in they're, the con- they're circumventing yes. the normal voting Completely. process to get these guys in. Absolutely. He, no. Tagliabue, four times. He was part of the whole concussion era. Um, didn't do enough or, depending on your point of view, maybe covered up some things. Um, so that's been held against him. Modell moved, obviously, the Browns. Um, and so those two are were seen as having no chance with the selection committee, of, of which I'm a part of. Uh, and now, like you said, maybe they're trying to backdoor their way into to Canton. But uh, explain to me as I as I grab this list. Explain to the viewers out there, the, the listeners, why Alex Karras, um, you know, uh, all pro defensive tackle for a couple of years with the Lions on the All Decades team of the 1960s. Just maybe you know why he, your understanding of why he didn't get in and, and why maybe he should be in as well. Yeah, so uh, Karras, the reason – I'll hold it if you want to do that. Um, so Karras, the, he played in an era before they really kept um, statistics for defensive tackles. He was a defensive tackle. And the Lions had a really good defensive line in the 
you know, 60s with, and he was the anchor of that line, the fearsome foursome. And, um, and so, you know, when you talk to old players, I remember talking to Ditka when Karras died, I wrote the obituary and yep. talked to Mike Ditka and, and Ditka went against him. He was a tight end for the Bears, a Hall of Fame tight end. And he was like, nobody wanted to go against Karras. He was one of those guys. And he listed other guys, you know, Big Daddy Lipscomb, these other guys that were really great players at the time. But he said Karras was just different. Like he was just, he was a mauler out there. He played tough and borderline dirty, and and nobody, you know, Hallis told Ditka to go and, you know, hey, go block Karras. He's like, I'm not doing that. He like defied George Hallis because he didn't want to do that. Um, and th- there's no there's no sack numbers for him because they didn't keep stats at the time. The sack wasn't really a stat that was kept until the 80s, I think. So, um, so, but if you talk to the people who saw him play, either as fans or former players who went against him, they all unilaterally say he is was. One of the best of his era. He definitely belongs in. The reason he's not in is because he was involved in this gambling scandal. Um, yep. And uh, I forget what year it was. Um, 63, I believe. 63, and he was banned. He and Paul Hornung. I don't know if anybody else was banned that season. I think it was just season. those two that were suspended for the year. And Paul somehow got into the Hall of Fame while Alex has been. Horning, the reason Horning got in is because he apologized to uh, to the commissioner at the time. Um, Roselle and was it Roselle? Who was it Roselle? Yeah, Pete Roselle. Pete Roselle at the time. And uh, Karras didn't. He just refused. He said, listen, this is something that goes on. He wasn't betting on the Lions. He was betting on, I think, it was something like the Lions were playing in the runner-up game or something in Miami and the, they bet on the on the championship game pre-Super Bowl. and But everybody did it. This was a different era. You have to remember, for all you people who remember the the A.C. Lindell and this kind of stuff, he was part owner of that. He was kind of a strident, kind of, you know, mavericky type figure at the time. He didn't like being told what to do. It was a time when players didn't get paid very much. And he once he got paid more for a pro wrestling match than he did during his off season or suspended season um, than he did for the whole season. I think playing in the NFL one one year, um, so he had his quarrels with the NFL. And as you know, he went on to fame at you know being a TV actor, movie actor, Blazing Saddles, Webster. Webster. He never needed the NFL. He never kowtowed to them. He never you know fell on a sword and apologized. If he had done that, I'm almost positive he would have been in the NFL by now. But he's never done it. Yep. Um, I'm sorry, the Hall of Fame. So he, you know, he's he needs to. Now that he passed away a few years ago, five six years, ago, five six yeah. years ago. So there's been an effort by the Fords and you know the Karras family, just you know some of the fan base um, to recognize him and to try to get him in. The Fords, uh, the Lions inducted him into their Ring of Honor, Pride of the Lions, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, was it last year, the year before? Um, Probably just right after I write that, wrote that column, Dave. <laughs> I think was one of the things was happen, I make it happen. I'm, I shake the trees and things happen, Dave. But but that was the right call because you have to. Absolutely. You can't ask him to be in the Hall of Fame. He's not in your own Ring of Honor. No, so that's part of the step. He was a key player, and and obviously I'm going to read just, just some of these names here because I think he has a, a way, you know, a, a path in. But look, some of these names are from the 20s and 30s and 40s. So only Mick McCabe out there saw them play, and there's well, not was much. In his 40s yeah, I think himself? Mick might have covered. Uh, you know, a couple of these oh, yeah. guys. There was well, Ox Emerson played for the the Lions and the Portsmouth, Portsmouth Spartans in the '30s. He's one of the finalists. Mick, I think, was in his third year on the beat back then. Yeah, so, so. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, but no, a couple a couple other names that people may recognize uh, out there: Randy Gratishaw, uh, Roger Craig, you know, Cliff Branch, Harold Carmichael, Drew Pearson, Donnie Shell. So those are some of the players that. 
um, Alex Karras will be competing against for for some of those, you know, I guess those those ten spots. Um, the contributors, uh, I mentioned Paul Tagliabu, Art Modell. Look, no no guarantee that they get in uh, this, but you know, I. How many players just will get in? Ten. Ten of the twenty players. Okay. Uh, three of of the ten finalists and in, in contributors, and there's, uh, you know, Ralph Hay who founded the NFL essentially. Like that's a guy that. I would How think gets in, in right? Yeah, he was okay. owner of the Canton Bulldogs, and they had the the meeting back at the you know the old uh, whatever the, I don't remember if it was an auto shop or whatever the store was that that I think he owned, and that's where the NFL was sort of founded. So I mean, he, he was only was in, a rookie. Uh, he was an intern. That yeah, he was uh, exactly. I think he celebrated his thirtieth birthday that year. Um, <laughs> but you know, he was only an owner for a short period of time, but he founded he the league, right? Yeah, yeah. But you know, beyond that, there's Paul Tagliabue, George Young, Steve Sable from NFL Films. Art Modell, um, you know, so there's a number of, of, you know, there's no no slam dunk that those two get in. And then the the two names that I want to mention here among the eight coaches finalists, um, two of those will get in. Look, it's probably going to be Don Coryell. He's come up a number of times here recently. Um, Jimmy Johnson's been on the, the the ballot that we voted on before. Two other names, though, Buddy Parker, uh, Lions coach, oh, yeah. uh, led the Lions to two championships, walked away right before that 57 season, and then let's kind of full circle back to today's lines, Dick Vermeil. I just had to bring that one up because we've talked about Dick Vermeil once or twice, uh, given what he did in Philadelphia and L.A. and even Kansas City, two straight losing seasons, winning in the third, won a Super Bowl, made another, and that brings <laughs> us back to these Lions today, Carlos. So, well, well let, yeah. prediction, does Karras get in? Ten out of 20 guys, I think right? I think Karras will. I mean, I think... Um, Look, you know, again, I don't, I don't know some of those those names from the, you know, pre nineteen sixty era, really. Um, you know, I, I would. Roger Craig, those guys. Yeah, you know, look, players. I think, I think, you know, Craig has a, a good case. I mean, certainly, you know, this, all these, the more modern era, none of these are considered modern era candidates, but the more modern of those guys, Donnie Shell, you know, the, there's a number of those guys who have um, a very good case. And this is again, there's some regular selectors. There's. I believe Bill Belichick is on the the you know panel that's um, making these selections, so they're taking everything into account, and they will. I think they'll cover all errors with the people they end up. And I think that's the the most important part is the panelists who are picking this you know this era because if you have older panelists, then they will certainly be more receptive and, and sympathetic toward Karras's you know. Of course, I hope there's no quiet, unofficial blackball from the NFL of Karras still has not apologized so. and he his whatever, you know. It's tough to apologize. It's, it's gonna to be tough to you do need it a Ouija now. board for that. But <laughs> but I but this is I mean he's it's been so long since he played, you know, and there's no stats. It's really hard to make his yeah. case unless you're an old person or have some kind of ties to the Lions or some kind of you know um, well, so there are some old Hall of Famers that are in this this panel. I don't I don't know the exact number of guys, but you know some players that have played, presumably in that era. Um, like I said, Bill Belichick, other you know historians of the game, yeah. I guess. Um, certainly, some selectors, some of the people that um, well, comprise the the veterans committee of the the selectors. Bill, so. Bill Belichick would be a huge you know guy in in the Karras corner because he was a coach here under Rick Porzano. Um, Matt Patricia is his boy. You know, Patricia, I'm sure, is going to help, you know, sort of uh, help make Karras' case in some roundabout way, you know, unofficially. Um, so that that definitely will help. I mean, you know, 
if you're Bill Belichick and you say you start talking and advocating, that carries a lot of weight. I think Karras is, you know, and we'll we'll see. We'll find out next month. Um, and you know, again, maybe that's just because I, I know more about his career than than some of these other guys. But are you going to advocate? Jay? When are you going to step? I, up? I have zero input in this one. There, we still vote on the five uh, modern era finalists, and that'll be Super Bowl weekend. But we have zero input in these candidates other than to complain about them trying to do this end around and trying to get Paul Tagliabue in after being de- voted down four times. Four times he's gotten voted down. Well, let me ask Four you this. Four times. Like, the guys I look at, like, you see Roger Craig, you know, I yep. think he'll get in at some point, you know. But Harris, Well, everyone on this list, all those players are, um, they're, they're seniors committee, you know, era, I guess, uh, nominees. None of them are modern era anymore. So we will not vote on any of them ever again. What the, the regular process, um, 15 finalists, modern era finalists, we vote on five. Typically, um, there's also, or at least in the last couple of years, there's been three uh, contributors or veterans committee nominees, and that's where all these players will fall in future years. So you would think that the 10 players that don't get selected in are probably next up when the, the veterans committee um, you know, submits their list of one or two to the regular voters in future years. But this is just for the to celebrate the 100th season of the NFL. But Karras has never been close, right? He's never been up by the Veterans Committee like um, for a vote. No. So he so the way it works, um, he's been talked about by the Veterans Committee. The Veterans Committee sort of has a, a similar process to the regular um, Hall of Fame voting, which is you take, you know, we, we start with a pool of 120 candidates, and then it's whittled down to 25, and then we vote from 25 to 15. Um, and then the top 15 vote getters among the the 48 um, selectors. That's who's presented at the, the at Super Bowl weekend every year, who we discuss in great detail. Um, and then you whittle that down from 15 to 10 to five. And it's a similar process with the veterans players, where um, or the veterans committee. I'm sorry, where they take a, a list of whatever it may be. You know, maybe it's 25 people to start, and then they 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 pick 15 out of there and they whittle that down to 10 and five. So he is in in you know make their one or two selections from from that so he has never gone that far he's been in that top 15 discussion where the committee has talked about him uh, but he's never got to the point where he's been before the full selection committee okay well so he's around he's in the he's on the periphery so i think i think what you're saying is right if he doesn't get in this time you know he's kind of on the edge and he'll be more at the forefront now there'll be more discussion and you know he probably will get in at some point and but you know what part of the thing is politically the fords have been owners for a long time this is the lions are for whatever you want to say they are one of the old franchises you know they've had steady ownership they've been good you know good stewards yep. um so i think that counts for a lot you know that they're i mean and after okay Karis, you have calvin and that's it. That's it. And that's it. You're no, I mean, I'm sorry, Matthew Stafford, but that's it. There's no one else who's on the horizon well, at may, all. Maybe right? Buddy Parker and, and Ox, maybe they get in. I mean, that, that's really it, though. There's, there's no one else that's, that's going to probably get in. I mean, uh, you know, Lomas Brown, Herman Moore, Chris Spielman, those are names that come up on that list of 125 every year, but none of them make it to the, the 25 cut down. So you're really talking about after um, this process, if Karras gets in, Calvin will be up next year. And that'll be another whole video and discussion. But, uh, you know, um, yeah, beyond that, uh, I can probably, probably – I, I, I've well. never had to present anyone so far in these meetings. And after Kelvin, I'm not going to have this to is his, This is Dave Burkett's nightmare. No, no, is no. to I, stand up – I already know my speech. Between, no, no, no. To, to, I mean, Kelvin's easy. Kelvin's kind of a, a somewhat of a slam dunk. Somewhat. I know we, we know there's a few voters in there who's going to say, what did he ever do? But there's – but the, he's just – 
kind of as close as the Lions can get, other than Barry Sanders. Um, he shouldn't be too hard of a case to no. present. But He's other one guys, of the, the NFL's finalists for their all-time team yeah. right now of 20. I think there's 24 receivers. He's one of them. He's going to get Having it. to present Lomas Brown or make an argument for Lomas Brown or Spielman, that would be your nightmare to have to sit there and <laughs> make well, their case. I think certainly you know, if you ever have to make a case for someone who you don't believe belongs in the Hall of Fame, that would be, um, that would be a difficult thing to do. Um, Look, you know, I, I wrote something on, on Lomas's Hall of Fame chances earlier this year yeah. because Barry Sanders had, had, you know, I asked Barry who from his era does he think you know All belongs in. Linemen. Well, he mentioned Lomas, and you know, you look at Lomas's resume. I mean, he won a Super Bowl and he played for yeah. twenty years, and he played uh, the second most games among offensive linemen, and yeah. you know, he has a, a number of, of, of All Pro and, and Pro Bowl selections. So, you know, you could make the case. I don't think it would be that difficult to make the case when you stack his resume up against some of the other offensive linemen, but. Um, again, he's he's never got there, and his window's about to close in terms of when we talk about him, and then he goes to the the veterans committee uh, for any any further consideration. So, all right, uh, we're gonna have to get into the locker room here in a sec. So let's get on with our predictions. Um, Lions, Broncos. I don't think it's Mile High anymore. What is it? Vesco Field at and, Mile High and Power yeah, Vesco, something I think something. Out of China Way Memorial Stadium. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's in Denver. It's gonna be warm, cold, warmer night. than here. Uh, and again, I don't, I don't know how many fans are going to be there. What, what do you think? G- just give me a score. Give me a prediction, Carlos. Uh, how do you see this one playing out? Can the Lions finally get a win, snap the seven-game losing streak, go into the offseason with a little bit of positive momentum and really upset all their fans because they squander draft position? <laughs> that would be so Lions, wouldn't it? Um, no, just, there's just too many, too many guys who are hurt. You know, the Jared Davises and the Joe Dolls, and you're down to – you know, there's just – uh, you know, give credit to guys like Wes Hills who are trying to step up. Scarborough. Carrion might be back this week. Carrion might be back. Should be I, back, uh, likely will. It's it's not enough. It's just not enough, you know, and playing on the road. And, you know, David Blau has, they've, the league's kind of adjusted to him a little bit, you know, and playing on the road. Even, I mean, say what you will, but mile high, and they're not, they don't have a good record either. They're like five and nine or something. The Broncos aren't very good, correct. So, um, but they're at home. That makes a difference. I remember, I mean, I wouldn't call myself a Raiders fan, but I watched a lot of Raiders games so a fair amount when they'd play in Denver. And this is the John Way, John Elway era, but still, it was always like Casey and Denver were hard to play at. Yep. You know, if the fans are, I don't know if this is their last home game, but um, they'll show up for that. What else are you going to do in Denver besides get some, you know, edibles or whatever? Smoke. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I just don't see it. I think the Denver, I think the Broncos are going to win 21-17. So it's funny. I think it's going to be a low score as well because – um, I mean, look, Drew Locke's their quarterback too, right? Like, uh, but maybe that's why I'm picking the Broncos to win at the end of the day. The Lions against rookie quarterbacks. I mean, Sam Darnold, Kyler Murray. Like, you can go down the list um, where they haven't really. I know they've won a couple games too, right? They beat Josh Allen last year, but um, you know they've they just have this thing where they struggle against rookies Haskins. for some reason. Yeah, Haskins. Like, you know, Locke is this will be his fourth start and. Yeah, you know, I mean, who knows what to make of him, right? I mean, he he played well a little, you know, in the first two they games he played. He's, he yeah. beat the bad teams. He got smoked last week. It was snowing though last week, and so, um, you know, I don't know that their their offense really was able to do much. Um, look, at end of the day, I think we're probably looking at something similar, twenty to sixteen, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood. But I will say, um, this is really the Lions' last chance to win. I mean. I shouldn't say that, right? Maybe Aaron Rodgers sits out next week, and you know, home finale. They can, they can, you know, back their way into win there. But 
Lions fans will be so mad that if the Lions won. What if they won these last two games and all of a sudden, instead no. of looking at the no, the, no, no, the no, number no. three pick in the draft, no. they're looking at the ten pick in the draft? No, because when I was advocating to tank whatever it was last year or the year before, whatever it was, and maybe both years, um, I'm not saying tank. These are meaningless games. I was like, no, you got to win this game. You play to win the game and this and you that. Do. And you play to win the game. And we have, excuse me, um, uh, Golden Tate throwing a meaningless touchdown to Matthew Stafford in the finale. Everybody's happy. Yeah, yeah. We we won a meaningless game and dropped whatever two three spots. In the Missed draft. out on Josh Allen. Missed out on yeah. Exactly. I mean that's this is it's the right thing to do, which is probably why the Lions won't do it. You know, and they'll win that. It'll be it'd be so Lions and so Packers for the Packers to sort of like, you know, troll the Lions by not playing. Look, if you're Green Bay and you, well, look, they still have something to play for next week. So I, I don't think they'll sit Rodgers because yeah, positioning in the NFC playoffs is going to be so important. Um, you know, those those first two seeds and, and first round buys are still going to be up for grabs. So and he's healthy; he's I, not banged up. Yeah, I, I highly doubt, and that'll be a one o'clock game. So it's not like they'll necessarily have known what Seattle and San Francisco do. You know, maybe in the four o'clock window. Um, so I, I would expect that Green Bay is playing everybody, but so. In all likelihood, this is the Lions' last chance at a win. And Realistic, yeah. I, I could see him getting it just because Denver's not a good team. But, again, rookie quarterback, bad news for the Lions. Broncos win 2016. I would like to, if you know, I, to me, I don't care about draft picks really. I mean, it, whether you're picking fifth or sixth or something, you know, I don't know if there's going to be that big of a difference. But um, for the way that this season has gone and everything, for the – I wouldn't mind seeing them beat the Broncos, and so they drop a spot in the draft order. You know, they lo- they get you know probably their heads kicked. No, no. Look, if if they, I mean, this week they'll be third. They're fifth right now, but Washington and New York play each other. Cincinnati and Miami play each other. So, assuming Miami wins, Miami could lose to Cincinnati, I guess. So I don't want to make that assumption. But Washington and New York, one of those teams is is falling below the lines. They're going up to four at least. If Miami beats Cincinnati, who's a one win team, the Lions go up to three. So if they lose this game, I mean, if they win this game, instead of being third, you're going to be seventh, eighth in the draft order. Like, it's a pretty significant difference. Third, maybe you got some teams that want Tua and you can trade down. Or you're going to get Jeff Okuda or you're going to get, uh, you know, Brown or something. So but go as high as three. They're going to be three this weekend if Miami wins. Wow. Where is that game? Uh, I, I forget if it's in Miami. I think it's – I don't know. All right. Regardless. Miami-Cincy. Yeah. So – you you win all of a sudden you're looking at eight. That's a you know you're looking Three at TJ Hawkinson instead of who went thir- third last year. Quinn and Williams. That's what you're looking at. Can they draft Hawkinson again at eight? It's quite possible. Does LeBron have a brother? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, now you, now you sound like uh, the the Carlos that I know from from years past. Um, all right, that's gonna do it for us here. We're gonna head into the locker room. It's Thursday. We're we're, we're filming this, recording this, so uh, we got to get in and talk to some players about the uh, the big game ahead. For Carlos Menares, I'm Dave Burkett, Freep.com.